Welcome to the First Pres Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.20, 9.45, and 11.10. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. And friends, please turn in your Bibles or turn on your Bibles. And let's go together to the Word of the Lord as we look to Luke chapter 9. And as we do, we want to greet uh, uh, the Fellowship Hall service uh, who will receive this teaching in the next hour. We greet you, and we love you guys. You know we're one church. You know that. But they get hot coffee when they gather. (laughs) Think about that. But we love you all. Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. Hear now the Word of the Lord. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we pray, Lord, that you would have mercy on your people, that you would have mercy on us. Help us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, are we still talking about the ears? Wow, this has been a long time, hasn't it? Talking about ears to hear. I'm not sure audiologists spend as much time in medical school on the ears. There must be uh, other uh, parts of the body. They're just as important, don't you think? But next week, we will begin a, a, new, a new story, a new series, Way of Life. But I've been grateful for this series. As we've seen uh, how when we pull a thread like this through the Gospels, God can show us different layers of things, and I sure have seen new layers of the gospel through this series. I've been grateful for it, and I pray that that is what has happened for you too. But today, this all comes home. It all comes home to Jesus. Above all else, beyond everything else, when it comes to the end, it all comes home to Jesus, because our salvation depends, 
Our very salvation depends on having ears to hear. Our salvation depends on hearing Jesus. This is a pretty wild story this morning. They say this is the most important moment in Jesus' life between his incarnation, Christmas, and his birth and his death and his resurrection. We celebrated Easter. They call this the transfiguration. Why? Because the figure they thought they were looking at called Jesus gets translated into something else. He's transfigured. We had one figure, one shape in mind for Jesus, but after this experience, we have to look at Jesus in a, in a different way. We thought we knew him, but we have to know him a little bit differently. Now, I want you to be generous here with this story. Peter, James, and John, they were just ordinary guys like you and me, and they had a wild experience that, frankly, they didn't even understand or know how to explain. So I want you to be generous with them this morning. You know, they don't tell this story as a kind of a grand philosophical argument or this telling of a myth or a legend. They tell us about this moment as an event that they experienced. And now, if your friend was bold enough to tell you about a spiritual experience, because we've all had them, we've all had these transformative spiritual experiences in our life. If your friend was bold enough to share with you something that happened to them that maybe they couldn't totally explain, they couldn't totally understand themselves, they didn't know everything that it meant, but they were going to tell you, I had this remarkable spiritual experience, wouldn't you be generous with them? Would you? So, so let's be generous with Peter and James and John, or at least with Peter. Peter's my favorite. The others I'm kind of lukewarm about. I, no, I love them all, but let, let's be generous. Let's be generous. That's the start. We have the story of a wild spiritual experience that changed their lives, changed their view of Jesus, changed the way they look at the world forever. And I want us to just let them tell us about this experience and, and withhold judgment, keep an open mind. And by the way, these kinds of experiences happen all the time. I traffic in them, and people love to tell me about them. When Jesus shows up in someone's life. And you might think you need to go off to, to camp or a mission trip or you need to go to a Presbyterian pilgrimage or Young Life camp. Now, let me tell you, if you're thinking about doing any of those things, I want to encourage you to go. I, I want to encourage you, put it on your calendar, sacrifice the time, pay the money. You will not regret time spent seeking Jesus at one of these places. But what I want you to know, what I want you to know this morning is that right here, right now, the same thing can happen. Every time we gather, we gather in the presence of Jesus. And this morning, this hour, when we gather, you could be transformed entirely. You could see the Lord and have such a change in your life that you will never be the same. It can happen today if only you will open your mind a little bit. So what is this wild experience? Well, Peter and James and John, they go up on a mountain with Jesus, just like these crazy people are running up Pike's Peak today. God bless them. I know they're going to see all kinds of visions. 
Peter, James, and John, they, they go up the mountain with Jesus. And this man, this friend of theirs that they've, they've run around with, they've eaten with, they've done stuff with, they've known all this time, all of a sudden this friend, he turns and faces them, and his face starts shining. Okay, now that's strange, right? In some accounts, it says that his face was shining as bright as the sun. Now, you can't even look directly at the sun. Imagine your friend who you know, all of a sudden his face is is doing like that. And his clothes, his clothes turn white, whiter than the brightest whites you can imagine. They turn so white, actually, that that woman from the Tide commercial in the 70s showed up out of nowhere and said, how did you get your white so white? (laughs) Jesus power. His clothes go go bright white. How does the Bible tell us? As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. And two men appear with him, Moses and Elijah. Now don't ask how they knew who these men were. I already told you, they hardly understood what was happening to them themselves, but they knew, they knew. This is Moses and Elijah. And then out of a cloud, they heard the voice of God. This is my son. Listen to him. Verse 36, when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. And then then finally, something we can understand and relate to in the story. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Yeah, you bet they did. You bet they did, right? When you have a transforming spiritual experience, when something happens to you that you can't understand, when you think God is is speaking to you, you're not always quick to talk about that, are you? You know, hey, honey, guess what I experienced today? Or, uh, good morning, boss. I had quite a weekend. A divine revelation from God. Like, oh, all right, all right. Let's get that guy a special test. (laughs) They kept it to themselves. But friends, that doesn't make it any less real. Hear me now. Your spiritual experiences are no less real for your fear to speak about them. There's a few things they learn here right away. See, Jesus is a man just like any other man. They walked up the mountain with their friend. But Jesus is a man like no other man. Both of those things are true. Jesus is the promised Messiah from the Old Testament prophecies. That's why Moses and Elijah show up in this moment. They represent the law and the prophets that all point to Jesus as the Christ. And they hear God himself saying to them, this is my son. I don't know. Very few people would say they've heard the voice of God, but you can hear from God. You can hear from him. They learn that Jesus is God's own son, part of the divine family. In fact, if Jesus is God's son, that means that Jesus is God. 
You see, being God uh, is like being pregnant. Follow me here. (laughs) You don't just get to be a little bit. Uh, You can't be a little bit pregnant. You either are or you aren't. And you're not a little bit God. You either are or you aren't. And Jesus is God's son. That means Jesus is God. The disciples, they don't get that yet, but they can start to see something is happening. Jesus, their friend, is not exactly who they thought he was. Jesus is God's son, the Savior. Now, Jesus took them up on a mountain to pray. I was up on a mountain uh, not too long ago with a friend, and it was just beautiful. It really was. And my friend turned to me and said, Tim, how could anybody look on all this and not believe in God? Right? I said, yeah, really? My friend said, no, no, no. Really? How could anybody look at all this and not believe that God is good? I said, yeah, I, I know. I get it. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> look at this. How could anyone see this and not believe that God is good? I said, I get it. I get it. I'm a pastor. I know that. You know, he really wanted me to get it. Now, what about you? What happens to you when you look at the beauty of the mountains? What happens to you when you see a sea of wildflowers, when you see the beauty of creation in the sky, what experience do you have in your heart? When you look upon the beauty of of a child, or, or you look in the face of the person whom you love the most in this world, what happens in your heart? Do you really believe that it's all there by accident? Maybe this morning is just a chance to drop all your preconceived notions about God and religion, all your fears about religious people or your bad experiences with church, and just start there. Just start with this. Is God out there? And if he is, what's he like? If he made us with such incredible intelligence and balance and capacity to experience life, and he made the universe with such beauty and intricate life-sustaining systems and wonder and love and joy, then, then God is there and God is good and God wants a relationship with you and with me. But now look, verse 32, Peter and his companions were very sleepy. (laughs) What? With all this wild stuff going on all around him, Peter is sleepy? Friends, God is there, God is good, and God wants to be in a joyful, personal relationship with you. It's what he made you for. In fact, there's a huge part of your heart that will never be at peace until your relationship with God is set right again. But you and I, were sleepy. We don't even know how to, to remain spiritually awake Peter must have felt like he was drugged. How can I be sleepy at a time like this? My friend's face is glowing, but he feels sleepy. You see, 
When God moves toward us, right when God is moving toward us, you know what, there's, there's something inside us that resists that beaming light of God's love that wants to turn away and it just shuts us down. We can call it our sin. It's our own fault, it's our own disobedient spirit that doesn't want all that God has for us, that turns away from God and his light until we're only looking at the shadow. It's, it's, it's our sin, but it shuts us down. Isaiah wrote long ago, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. Our souls go sleepy and the good things of God seem hidden behind a cloud. And, and this is serious. This isn't religious moralism. This isn't some sort of petty thing. This is serious because if we stay spiritually asleep, if we stay separated behind the cloud and the darkness from God, if we're separated from God and we are separated from the author of life, we miss out on the life that is truly life. But more importantly, when we are separated from God, we are spiritually dead. And we could stay that way forever. But God breaks through the cloud. He breaks through the sleepiness. God breaks through the separation we made. And he does it through Jesus. He says, listen to him. This is my chosen, my plan of salvation. This is the rescuer, the savior. Listen to him. Wake up and listen to Jesus. Jesus Christ is God's rescue plan to break through our spiritual blindness, our spiritual deafness, our spiritual apathy, and our druggy sleepiness and shake us awake. More than that, uh, Jesus is God's plan to heal the separation caused by our sin, a separation that we cannot fix. But God sends his son, Peter, who hardly understood all of this, Later on, he followed Jesus and followed in his life and he watched Jesus die on the cross and then rise from the dead. And Peter later wrote to the church, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus' death on the cross was not a random event in history and it is unlike any death of any man ever. It was a sacrifice that Jesus knowingly made to take all our sins and all the darkness and confusion that they caused and die for them on our behalf. When you look at the world today, is sin hard to find? <laughs> Name your favorite one, you know? <laughs> Shout it out. No, don't, don't do that. Uh, murder, uh, pride, greed, lust, apathy. Are these hard to find? Is that really a hard argument to make? Now, uh, now do you think that, the, that education is going to fix all of that? Do you think that... Um, 
Do you think that the government can heal these problems? Do, do you think... <laughs> do, Amen. Now listen, yeah. Is it really all just down to economic disparity or a lack of ecological awareness? Where are the best efforts that we're putting forward to heal broken humanity? Now we can do all those things. We should address all those problems. But friends, sin is having a heyday in our world today. And the response, the solution is Jesus. God says, listen to him. But it's more personal than that. See, Jesus is not just the remedy for sin out there. Jesus is the remedy for your sins, for the things that you have done wrong to turn from God, to to turn away from heaven and toward hell, to the things that have turned you from light into darkness. Jesus is the remedy for your sins, for there is no sin you have committed or will commit. There is no wrong that you have done that cannot be forgiven forgiven by the grace of God met in Jesus Christ because he has already paid the debt for your sins on the cross. And we know that we can believe. We know that we can trust these promises because the promises of Jesus are not empty. The tomb where they lay his body is. So friends, how would you like to respond? Peter said, I want to build a monument. And Luke gives him a break here. Luke should be Peter's best friend. Because Luke's the only one of the gospel writers who gives him a little break here. A little parenthesis. Peter didn't know what he was saying. Okay, Peter was kind of freaked out. Okay, you know, we've all been there. We don't know how to respond. We don't know what to do. Peter says, I I want to impress God. I want to build a monument. Something in us says, okay, if I'm supposed to get right with God, then I want to impress God by showing him all the good stuff I can do. Friends, God doesn't want that. He's not asking for that. God doesn't want your religious performances or your sacrifices. God wants your faith. He wants your trust. Look at Jesus. Do you see who he is? Trust in him. Trust in him. Whoever trusts in him will not be put to shame. You are not destined to die in darkness and shadow and a cloud of spiritual obscurity. You are destined to call on the name of the Lord in faith and believe in Jesus Christ. Peter wrote to his church, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So let's do some spiritual work this morning. You've heard the crazy experience of Peter, James, and John. I'm telling you, You can see Jesus this morning, right here, right now. Not physically, but spiritually. He's here. The things he did, he didn't just do for history. He did for you. He did for you with you in mind, your life, 
your soul. He did these things to bring you home to God. Let me tell you a secret. I'm not up here to try to get you to church. I'm here to try to get you to Jesus. And I want to call you to take a step forward this morning. God is not waiting for you to get your life right or build a monument or fix all your mistakes before you turn in your paper. God is waiting for you to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to surrender your life to Him. So where are you with Jesus? You might say, I feel pretty good about my spiritual life. I think I'm okay with God. No, no. where are you with Jesus. God says, listen to him. God says, Jesus is my son, the Savior. God says, Jesus is the gateway of salvation, the on-ramp to eternal life. Jesus is the entry point. Jesus is the one who came. Jesus is the one who died. Jesus is the one who rose from the dead. How are you with Jesus? You might be a great admirer of Jesus of Nazareth. You've read and studied and thought a lot about him. You may even have applied some of his teachings to your life. You may think you know all there is to know about Jesus, but God didn't say, listen about Jesus, did he? He said, listen to Jesus. Listen to him. How are you with Jesus? You may have sat in the church for 60 years and never given your life to the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. This is the time. Today is the moment. You need to go up on the mountain. And all who call upon his name, all who call upon the name of Jesus Christ, they will be saved. You don't need to think about Jesus. You need to surrender your life to Jesus. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You need that moment of total surrender. Paul, Peter, and James, and John, they went up on the mountain with Jesus. My whole life is there, everything, nothing in reserve, and it's in that place of commitment that the appearance of his face changed. Turn your life over into his hands. You think you've known Jesus. You've thought about Jesus. Listen to Jesus and give your life to him. And you will see him as you never have before. Our friend Peter, <laughs> later, thinking back all, on all of this, in the second letter to the church, he wrote this. We did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. We ourselves, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Friends, no tricks, 
No legends, no cleverly devised plans, no myths, just Jesus. Put your faith in him. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. This is the entry point and this is the time. Out of sin and shame, out of darkness and cloud, all is forgiven by the grace of Jesus Christ. Come into the everlasting light of the mercies of God and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the work we need to do. So now, friends, I want to give you an opportunity to pray. Maybe you've walked with Jesus your whole life, but maybe you're here this morning and and you're not sure why, and you're feeling the Lord stir in your spirit in one way or another, and you feel like maybe today is the day. I need to say something to the Lord. I want to give you that opportunity, and we're going to pray together, and as I pray, you follow. And if you're ready to give your life to the Lord, if you're ready to mark today as the day where all the yesterdays are different, that's all gone. The old is gone. The new has come. Then today can be the day of salvation for you. Jesus has opened the gates to usher you home to the Father. And I'd invite you to bow your head, to close your eyes and pray with me now. Every, everyone here, all congregation, we're gonna pray together, every voice. No one prays alone. Maybe you're praying for the first time, but maybe you're praying in a, a life of faith that has continued for years and years and years. Just pray along with me, every voice together. Answer as I call and pray after me. Heavenly Father, Father. Thank you for Jesus, your son. Thank you for Jesus, your son. I believe in him today. As I believe in you. Help me to listen to him. To follow him. To trust in him. Forgive me my sins. Bring me your light and salvation. I give you my life, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.